So, hi everyone, this is Benjamin from Sports Tech X. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Anders from Tweak. Tweak is an app that connects professional coaches, trainers, gyms, and fitness influencers with clients looking for the perfect workout, plan course, or fitness challenge. I'm super happy to find out more about it today. But uh, first of all, I want to welcome my guest to the show. So, hi Anders. Hello. Hi, hope you're doing good today. And I would suggest to jump in right away. So why don't you give us a little overview about who you are as a person? Well, I'm, I'm sort of, I've come from the tech industry and my, uh, I once, back in the university, I studied interaction design in the early 2000s. It was sort of a mobile tech scene at that point. I spent some years in Sony uh, working with UX strategy and business strategy around UX. And then I joined an uh, agency building products together with us too and sort of built the Nordic uh, branch of us too as a business director there. I guess as a person, I'm, I'm sort of a, a mix between the what's looking for what's next, but also trying to fix things. So I think in this case, I'm, I'm sort of figuring out, is there a way to fix the health problems in the world in, in a sense? And I guess that comes down to even what I do on a daily basis. I try to sort of fix things. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's a perfect lead to my next question. It's about uh, which problem you're actually solving with Tweak. And I guess that's also kind of fixing things in the world. So um, yeah, what's your take on that? Well, in the, in the essence, what we want to do is to pe live, make people live at their full potential and lead, lead healthier lives in, in all aspects between physical health, mental health, all of that. Uh, but I think, in essence, the actual problem we're solving is to make coaching available because coaching is one of the absolutely most efficient ways for people to transform their behaviors and, and change from one daily habit to another one. Now, the actual problem with that is that coaching does not scale very well, which means that it's very expensive, it's very inaccessible for most people. You have to book a time with somebody, you have to, to sort of take somebody's time to get it personal. And the whole thing we're trying to do is to extend that personal and make it digital uh, to enable people to meet people uh, in a very structured way, building a format around that. Does that make sense? Makes total sense because I'm a believer that despite us having all those digital solutions out there that can help us, that having a personal coach, an actual human being, uh, is very helpful in uh, achieving the goals and, and performing well, as you just described it. Funnily enough, there is actually uh, a lot of stories on this. I mean, one of the things is that we believe really that people follow people. And if you want to have a, a, your next, what do you say, like summer body, <laughs> you can Google and you can find 200 great ways of getting your summer body. Probably it's not how, it's why and, and actually doing it. And making people doing it is a very human thing. I mean, you know, re religious preachers can make people go to the jungle in Guyana and kill themselves, whereas we can't get people to, <laughs> whereas hundred millions of apps with AI, AI and anything can't make uh, everyday Joe to do 20 push-ups a day. So how do we sort of find a way to bridge that sort of human inspiration with actual the power of digital, which means scale? Yeah, very interesting take on that. And I hope you don't have the jungle killing offer in in your app. I should probably make a better metaphor than that. <laughs> I think it's sticky, so it's not bad. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's actually, again, a good connection to the to the next question that I had in mind. It's how you actually want to solve this. We, we know it's tricky. It's not easy. You said you want to digitalize that process. So how do you do it? And what is so special about your offering? I think that question is really good because... A lot of people are trying to do this, and people do it in many different ways. I mean, again, our take is that people follow people. So, so we try to sort of build, how do you call it, like an environment 
to make use of all the existing coaches, trainers, and, and the knowledge within gyms as well. Because most, what we saw in history was that most technical solutions, they tried to replace the humans and trying to find, find great ways of replacing them, making it cheap, efficient, and, and all that. Now, the problem is that humans are not really uh, following that. So what we do is that we try to make sure that there's a business for coaches of going digital and invite them into the digital scene rather than compete with them. What this means in practice is obviously that we, we build a coaching tool for them. And there are thousands of coaching tools available on the market today. But what we do is that, first of all, we make sure that it is as appealing as the consumer apps out there, because that's where the first gap is normally, that you have Freeletics on the one end building a superb exercise app that looks really great and is really nice to use and does a great job. And when it comes to coaching tools, they deliver PDFs. You create something and it sends a PDF over email. So there's a big mismatch, right? What we try to do is to build the mix of that. You get the Freeletics experience, but it's an actual coach providing it. Uh, that's one of the things. But the other problem normally that that we really focus on solving for the coaches is how to make money from it. Because in history, I think at least in Sweden and Scandinavia, you have somewhere around 10% of, of educated trainers are actually working and full-time as a uh, trainer 12 months after completing their uh, exam to get certified. I think that's pretty appalling because what we're building is this massive base of people that know how to help other people. But it's becoming totally unused because obviously the business model is flawed, the scale is wrong, and they are actually not able to monetize enough to, to live on it. So they start doing taking all other kinds of jobs. I mean, if you go to any big company in any sort of industry, you would probably find around a couple of hundred educated personal trainers within the squad because they're actually working with other stuff. And what we want to say is instead, let's find a way for them to, to spread their knowledge, do it in a sort of uh, a great format that users like, but also be able to monetize it, create a business model that is something that means that they can actually survive on this in the, in the long run. Yeah, I think uh, creating a great format and a good user experience, as, as you said, is super important. And I can uh, confirm that your app looks really, really nice. Uh, you, you showed it to me a couple um, weeks ago in London. So maybe uh, for our listeners, can you walk us through what the user gets and what the coaches get and how it works on your app? Just briefly, not in detail, but how would I use it as someone who wants to take a class or needs a personal coach and the other way around, I, I'm a coach and want to uh, put an offering out there so that people can book me? Yeah. So most of the users come in through a coach. So you, Benjamin, would see in, a, in your Instagram flow, you would see a coach advertising that they're launching their bootcamp for the summer uh, and you sign up online and once you log into the app basically you're presented with uh, with the plan in the app you can log uh, any type of exercise actually you can log whatever type of exercise you do you connect it to all the third-party services that are out there not really all of them but it's a growing number at least we we have most of the big ones already uh, we can also connect it to gyms for instance so if you book your zumba class or your uh, body combat class that will come in as in your exercise diary um, but in your little calendar there you would have uh, planned events from your coach so uh, on day one it could be a, a body weight workout on day two it could be a reflection exercise the coach really decides that through the back end and makes a plan um, either for individuals but also obviously they, you can create templates that are reused so you can buy a ready-made thing you can also browse more 
different ones in the store. You can find com uh, completing courses. So if you are running a boot, uh, experiencing a boot camp as a user uh, for strength building, you could also uh, simultaneously run a, a, a mindfulness class, for instance. When you do a workout, it's very much like well, like Freeletics. You get a, a timer, you get videos, either the tweak standard videos or the coach have recorded their own videos. You can chat with your friends. You can add friends to it. You can also chat with your coach, uh, ask questions like, how do you mean with this exercise? I have, I have a sore leg. How, what can I do with that? How do I do this exercise if I only have one arm and all those things? Uh, and so basically the app in itself is a fairly strong exercise diary with the coaching marketplace attached to it, so to speak. On the coach, on the other hand, they sign up through a web interface. They can start adding their own uh, existing customers there, but can also create what we call a channel. And that channel, the channel is something that is visible in Tweak app or on, the, on, on a website that is set up for every new coach that comes in. So they get their own landing page on web. And they can start making, basically from the second minute they come in, they can start producing stuff. They can produce single workouts or or programs, which is basically a series of boot camps, plans, or they can create more interactive stuff, which is basically plans, but with the chat on it. So people can chat with you at the same time. Typically, also, they add a subscription model to it. They decide how to price these things. So they can add a subscription model, which means that all of that coach's content is available for a certain uh, subscription fee, or they sell them uh, once a pop. So, so uh, a class could be 20 euros or a boot camp can be 20 euros, typically two euros for a workout that can be reused over time over time, a single workout. Um, and then they create their own niche, the coaches, anything from like building strength through body ex weight exercise through uh, CrossFit verticals and, and things like that. So people find their niche in the store. Yeah. Sweet. So actually, you are providing especially the, the personal coaches with a very powerful tool that reaches from a website or landing page over subscription solutions uh, up to like payment yeah. options. I, I think we like to see ourselves as basically them going from most coaches don't do anything digital today. This actually includes many gyms as well, to be honest. Uh, they don't do much digital business at all. They They try to drive memberships or follower bases, and then they meet with people physically. What we try to do is create them, create their, what do you call like digital wellness center, so to speak. So yes, there's the whole payment stuff, take, taking care of all the payment pricing, being able to sell through things through app and online. There's also sections that you want to do corporate wellness, like big challenges for corporations. Because we found that most gyms today are running around offering uh, subsidized memberships as their only uh, B2B offering. Whereas, I mean, the, you see yeah. exercise challenges for companies, we can easily offer that through our gyms. So they can basically sign up thousands of employees in, in a company that they're already working with and offer them something completely new. And that is something we see is picking up drastically as well. So it's basically a platform or a monetizing machine for them to actually distribute their coaching and, and find different ways to, to build a digital revenue stream whether or not if you're a gym, personal trainer, or, or, a, or a coach. Actually, I wanted to ask that uh, question a little bit later, uh, but I think it fits in well right now. I wanted to ask you about your business model and how you make money. I, um, I think it fits, like I said, uh, well in here. I assume you're taking a, a little part of uh, what the coaches charge to their customers, 
but also maybe like a basic fee um, to the coaches for setting up all what we just talked about. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly like that. So it's free to set things up for a coach and you can coach your friends, basically a small circle of people for free. Then it's around 20 euros if you want to start coaching an infinite amount of people. If you want to open your channel to uh -huh. sell things to an open market, it's 40 euros a month. Uh -huh. And then we have revenue share on the stuff you sell. So we, we take a little cut and you, you get to keep the, the main parts. And then if you want to run stuff like corporate challenges or corporate checkups, you know, you can send out lifestyle service to a thousand people working in a big company uh -huh. and then create, get a very nice base of knowledge to sell other stuff to that company, for instance, to serve more people. Then we charge per test, basically, or per user in that challenge as a separate thing. So it's, there's a set of modules that people can add on to their uh, subscription. Uh -huh. And if there are transactions, we get a little cut of transactions. So that's how, how the business works. Yeah, proven and good model. Yes. Cool. Now comes the question that I wanted to ask before, uh, before I throw in the other one a bit earlier. So what's the challenging or hard part in this process? Um, seems like you solved most of the technical stuff uh, based on what I've seen. It, it looks pretty neat. So I guess you've solved all that part. I mean, you're in a typical marketplace scenario. So uh, I would assume that the biggest problem for you is, is actually getting the coaches on board and to make them being your, your ambassadors or the multipliers into the market. Um, am I correct, or is it maybe something else? Yeah, in, in essence, you're absolutely right. There's a, there's a bit of a more detailed problem to it. I think the hardest part is inertia, in a sense, because there are some users or coaches that we approach today or that hear about us that, think they, that already think they have this. And I think that's one of the biggest illusions there are. They're like, <laughs> but we, I already sell stuff, and, and, and I don't give away any revenue, because what they do is that they sell PDFs and coach over Facebook. Yeah. They don't see is that they're not take, looking after the customer. They don't really have a, a way of seeing if the customer have done their exercises or not. And their customers are obviously a ticking bomb because they're using a very obsolete technology like, like PDFs for, for uh, fitness training. So uh, in a sense, that in itself has turned out to be like one of the challenges, which, which obviously, obviously time will solve uh, because more and more people are understanding that If there's a native app, uh, if there's an actual customer experience that is appealing, that is a com uh, competitive advantage. The other part is obviously to, to win all the coaches over fast enough, because when you run a business model like this, this is very much like when Apple launched the App Store in 2008 or something, uh, where you actually have to get enough people on board, get them to produce enough good content to get the wheels rolling. So what we do now is that we work really closely with fairly big influencers. At the same time, we work with the long tail because we do believe that the long tail of coaches is a really important thing. Uh -huh. Like the massive influencers, they're great. They pull a lot of users. They pull a lot of other coaches in, and they also are really good in communication. So they help even us as a company to, to develop. We work very closely with some really big fitness influencers in a, still in a collaboration way. We haven't bought influencers in that sense, but, Uh, I think the challenge is that we don't we don't own the content, which basically means that if a month is good or bad for us, it depends on if the coaches are launching stuff, if they are actually working with their stuff. We are making money off, out of other people's products mainly, which I think is one of like like you say in a marketplace you need to get that wheel spinning, and that's what we see this spring has sort of finally we we found the the mix to get that ball rolling. 
one of the things we're doing to overcome is obviously to to have affiliate programs where key coaches can get part of our revenue share for coaches they recruit to build sort of a incentive for them to to grow the coach base rather than the opposite. Nice. And that was actually one of if you would have asked me a year and a half ago, I, I would have foreseen or guessed that one of the challenges would be coaches feeling that they compete with other coaches by being on the platform. But it turned out that the ones joining are very mature in the sense that they've used Instagram enough, they used Facebook enough, they they do understand that if I want to be on an open market, I need to be on an open market. I, I there's no way of just having this for myself. It's better to be many people in one place than having my own corner of the world where nobody ever passes. So it turned out that that was not a problem, which we maybe anticipated that it would be. And yeah, it seems like things are running uh, well for you as far as I know. So let's uh, speak a bit about the things that uh, are always nice to speak about, which are success stories and metrics. I think you have some uh, very impressive ones there. So which of them can you share with us today? I mean, some of them are quite obvious. First of all, we took a step to uh, to focus on our uh, what we call the scalable side of business, which is obviously consumer sales and and particularly subscriptions from end users subscribing to coaching uh, programs because that is the ultimate result of, of the mm -hmm. business model. And we have found some pretty interesting things. Like, see, if if we look at January when we actually relaunched, we made our big update to the store. We had we got our first proper influencer on board. Since then, I think we doubled our consumer-generated mm -hmm. uh, sales, and it keeps growing still. And normally, at this time of year, that would decline. There are some pretty strong seasonality changes when it comes to fitness. So normally, March and April are pretty slow months, and May is picking up, mm -hmm. and then everything dies in June, July. And what we saw is that we've had continued growth over March <laughs> and April, and May looks good too. So... But subscriptions alone have quadrupled since January. So it's sort of, it's booming quite a lot. People subscribing to coaches channels, basically, and paying for that. We're only talking about paying customers here. I mean, obviously, we've grown quite a lot in, in uh, uh, freebie users as well coming in, um, which, we, which is a good platform for us to monetize. And yes, our coach base has tripled since January. It's still growing from fairly low numbers, but now we're starting to get actually a body of coaches, which means that we... Every other week, we are releasing a new big name to the platform. And under the radar, there are always also a couple mm -hmm. of small coaches, local coaches that are, are signing up for accounts. So, yeah, I think in a sense, like it's, um, it's starting to open up quite a lot. And still, we're mainly working in Scandinavia. Plan is to, um, we are ready now technically to be global. But commercially, we have decided to sort of mm -hmm. maybe do soft launch over summer, but specifically do in august launch with our first uh, either german or uk as it looks now coaches uh, and do like a proper proper drop of those if i have a vote uh go for germany please yeah and i can use it yeah i mean i will uh, yeah you can use it there as well so if you just find me the first uh, great coach i promise you we will onboard him or her <laughs> all right That's my homework. <laughs> yes, yes, you just got, you got a little bit of homework. Sweet. And once again, you made a perfect connection to the next question that was about to come up. It's about what's, come, what's happening with Tweak in the next couple of months. What are your plans? I mean, expanding geographically is one thing that we just learned. Um, is there anything else, new feature, something spectacular that we didn't speak about yet? I think uh, there are two sides to it. One thing is obviously market-wise. Scandinavia is a great testing market. It's uh, mobile use penetration is fairly big. 
people are pretty active, so you can find a nice base to work with. But obviously, as everyone knows, Scandinavia is a, is not a big market in itself. So it's a great testing bed, but we are sort of finding finding that we're ready to scale now. So for us, we are doing a quite intensive work right now with deciding which markets we will launch in. Most likely, we'll do both, what do you say, proper launches, where we do a launch plan and, and release the Kraken on a country. But I think uh, in some other cases, we will do uh, organic launches. Because obviously, it's an app, it's a software as a service, and there's self-service sign-up. So no matter how we do it, we're all, we technically are already global in a sense, because we have coaches from other countries that are using the, the system. It's just not that we're not pushing for it in those countries. So I think one of the things that will happen over the next couple of months is obviously internationalization. When it comes to features, we are doing a couple uh-huh. of big things on social side, uh, building a lot, rebuilding and extending a lot of the social features in the app uh, to make, maybe start from the other end. Basically, our coaching method, like the format we've developed, is based around three things for a user. It's, uh, it's about guidance and instruction and inspiration. That's where the coaching comes in. It's about sense of progress, which is where the stats and the follow-up comes mm-hmm. in. And it's about uh, social, basically peer pressure and peer pull, uh, which helps people through changing habits. And what we will do next step is the social bits. So first of all, better social features. Already now you can sort of follow your friends in a stream, but now you'll be able to share moments, uh, tag people and chat with people in a lot better way, interact with your community a lot more and with your coaches even more than before. We're also reworking the challenge format a little bit, which means that if you run the group challenges or the corporate channels, there are going to be some quite exciting updates coming after summer on that as well. I think those are the biggest ones at the moment. Nice. Then there, yeah, there are some, some uh, semi-secrets happening in the back end with regards to uh, more clever more, uh, hand, more clever handling <laughs> of, uh, of data to help coaches be build better programs and plans. But it's a little bit early days yet. All right. So um, it seems like you will not have a boring summer. Uh, you will be uh, having a hard time working on your summer body if you're working all the time. But I'm sure it'll be all right. So what's the, what's the best way to, to follow uh, all the news and new features around Tweak? Uh, website, social channels, newsletter. How can people stay up to date? I think part of the first is Instagram. Find us on tweak.me. I think that's absolutely the best the fastest way to figure out what's going on all the coaches end up there uh, we also drop new feature drops there and you get to see a lot of the team in there so uh, yeah i think that's where tweet.me on on instagram nice anything else that we did not cover yet anything else no i i, I do like the idea of like if people want to sort of if, most people know somebody who knows somebody that are work within this field and we would be thrilled to sort of get more feedback on the platform, get more coaches coming in and trying it out, particularly outside of Scandinavia. So if people go to coach.tweak.me, you can sign up for a coach account, or you can at least chat with us and start asking good questions around it. So for all the <laughs> people that are active in the industry, that would be a great place to start. Nice. And I guess you're always open for uh, potential investors and, and other contacts in the fitness space that, that might help. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think there are two two things, actually, since this is a sports tech bar. Obviously, investors, because we are looking to, uh, to grow uh, at a much faster pace after summer, which I think is... Uh, so those uh, investment discussions may very well be well-timed now. 
The second thing is actually partnerships, strategic partnerships. What we've done successfully in Sweden is to launch uh, partnerships with uh, personal trainer schools, but also with uh, gym chains to help them uh, digitize. And I think that's something we're definitely open to discuss as well. Possible win-win partnerships. Cool. I hope you will get tons of emails after this uh, podcast goes live from all, all different kind of directions, <laughs> from investors, from strategic partners, uh, and from coaches and influencers. I expect nothing less. <laughs> Pre- pressure is up. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Anders, I think we've learned a lot of interesting things about Tweak. I, I like it very much. And like I said before, a couple of times I've, I've seen it in action and uh, I think it's a beautiful product. Definitely worth checking out for, for coaches and also people who want to work out, obviously. Um, I have one last question. It's more about uh, how you work or what works for you in your work life. Uh, do you have some sort of productivity hack, some little tool, some little helper that helps to be productive? Yes and no. Yeah, I think I used the, list, the to-do list, Clear, the Clear app. That was, I think it was really hot uh-huh. maybe four years ago, but I still use it. I think it's good. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, for me, one of the things we do, we try to keep our stand-up a holy grail in the team, which I think most companies already do. So maybe it's not so much of a hack as a routine. And the last bit I try to do is the um, the sort of mm-hmm. 20 minutes alone time in the morning to do emails and use any sort of app that allows you to sort of manage your emails. I use the Polymail app where I can snooze emails and get them back at the later stage. Or And I, to me, that really helps uh-huh. because, I mean, I wake up in the morning and there's 50 new emails. Some of them I need to take action on. Some of them I can just lose for later and they come back. Then I manage them. So so you always keep your inbox zero. And I think that's the model that I try to use a lot. Even though it fails every other day, I think it's at least the closest thing I get to a routine. <laughs> Interesting. But does that mean you only check your email twice per day in the morning when you actually answer some of them and later when the snoozed one comes back? No, it's more, uh, it's more, I check them almost every single time. I have the sort of the 20 seconds available. Mm-hmm. What I do is that I sit down with emails properly and maybe two times per day to get a grip on what I do. And then I spend all of the other time to manage them and do, do all the short that takes less than three minutes. Them I do on the fly, but all the other ones I chunk up and try to do in proper batched time. So I sit with it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm always trying to do something similar. Mostly, I fail, but um, yeah, I, I understand the, the failing in email uh, idea behind for sure. Failing in email management is probably something everyone does. So I think it's it's really hard to find a, a, a rock solid method for it. But I tr- I tried to go for the whole inbox zero thing. Absolutely. But I guess that's a, a whole new episode speaking about how to manage your email and <laughs> whether or not to use email as a task manager and all these kind of things. Maybe I should do a special episode on that. Yeah, but you probably should. Yeah, and maybe have like a, you know, like panel of best practices. It would be really interesting to see if something actually comes out of it. Yeah, I write that down down in, in my note and task app and see if it if it stays in there for a while and if I rediscover it at some point. Let's let's see. Mills, who used to run uh, us two, uh, where I worked before, a, stu- a London studio, a UX studio and product studio. He always we used to use Trello a lot. Yeah, and he used to call it the graveyard sometimes because Trello is where you put your stuff. You write nice stories about them, and they get nice tombstones, and nobody ever look again. Yeah, and it was sort of a, we use Trello a lot, but it, it's definitely something that falls off the radar. The only thing that never really falls off your radar is text messages and emails and, uh, and Slack these days. So absolutely, there's something something in that that is true. 
Yeah, and I, ha I have a similar situation with Evernote. So I put stuff in there quite a, quite a lot, but I have the feeling I never use it again. And that's why I started to use my um, my inbox or my my email uh, tool as a task manager as well. Uh, not sure if that's the ultimate solution, but I mean, I my aim is to have everything in one place. Um, let's see if that works out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I said, completely different episode. <laughs> I want to thank you because we're at the end of this podcast episode. I want to thank you for, for all those insights. Uh, that mm. was the, the main purpose of speaking today. I really like your product. I'm sure you will be successful and I will be a close follower of your activities. So uh, thanks again for this. And yeah, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much for having me. It's interesting to see where this goes. And I think uh, to me, it's just exciting to realize that we've we never looked at ourselves as a sports tech company. We always saw ourselves as a fitness technology company. And then we realized that that scope is very narrow. So I, I in turn, thank you for, for two weeks ago when you introduced me, reintroduced me to the whole concept of sports tech rather than uh, us live, living in our own little bubble. <laughs> Super cool. And that's another discussion, another podcast. Is fitness part of sports or sports part of fitness? And we can talk about that forever. But I'm happy that you got something out of this. And uh, yeah, like I said, I will, I will follow your activities. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.